0: A vision is very simply a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. That's it. That's all it is. Now, when I say that's it, it's three or four or five pages of detail. It's not a paragraph. It's not a sentence. A vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. So the big question
1: is this. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at Club.Capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamden, your host. On today's episode, we have Scott Beebe. He founded Business on Purpose because he saw that there was need to help business owners who were weighed down by chaos to have a clear vision when it comes down to the success and the future of their business. He's also the host of the Business on Purpose podcast, where they share real life stories of how he and the BOP team are working with other business owners and their key leaders to build people, purpose, process, and profit. Does this sound like things that would be kind of familiar to what you've heard me talk about and some of my passions, et cetera? I really do. I think you can be able to pick it up in this podcast, some of the things that we talk around mission and vision and values and also attracting talent, et cetera, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of you. It certainly did for me itself. And there were a couple of things in this episode that absolutely I meant went immediately to my operating system, wrote myself a note down and said, I am going to put that in our OS. I think you're going to get a lot of this episode with Scott. Without further ado, here's my interview with Scott BB. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency and Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve chairman circle, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level, and his strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpeakconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Scott Beebe, welcome to the show. Bradley, thanks for having me excited to have you so scott we always start with background and origin story i love hearing the journey that people have been able to take to kind of get them to where they are today so why don't you take our listeners through a little bit of your journey
0: yeah so fragmented blueprint as to how we got here today if anybody's watching this they see the auburn helmet in the background of your window typically i would have a gamecock helmet in the back of mine had the opportunity to be able to play at South Carolina when I was there in the mid 90s and played Auburn a couple times, actually. Did not fare well, but we tried. A Bowden was in the helm when we played them. And so started at the University of South Carolina, ended up doing graduate school at a theological seminary out in Texas. So graduated there with a theology degree. A few years later, I was in telemarketing while I was there. I always loved business, loved being a part of business, the camaraderie, et cetera, all the things. And so as soon as I graduated seminary, I did what most seminarians do. And I went and sold drugs legally for Pfizer, worked there for a couple of years, then went into the church world for a few years, was actually an associate pastor and a pastor for a few years. And turned out in there, I realized that about twenty percent of that work I actually enjoyed, and eighty percent of it was just like this is not a fit for the skill set and capability I've got. And so, went back to work in the business world for Pfizer for a number of years, and then uh, was the international director of a really small non governmental organization working in Nigeria. So I was based in the U.S., but I was back and forth to Nigeria for a number of years. And then on February, it was Friday, February twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen, I walked into a mid-cities dallas fort worth boardroom where our board was meeting i wasn't a board member just responsible to them as my role and i walked in about nine o'clock it just started snowing and i walked out at noon unemployed completely unemployed 39 years old married three kids no job and i like to tell people though don't worry my wife was a public school teacher in south carolina so we were just fine as it related to cash not really but that's sort of the running joke and so it was three days later there's a whole story around that but it was three days later that I called two friends of mine who were both business owners in March of 2015. And I told them I was going to start a business coaching and consulting business. And they were all fired up. They didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. And they asked me how I was going to coach. And I said, I don't know. What do you need? Because I told them I was going to coach both of them. And they said, well, we don't know. And I said, do you have any idea where these businesses? they were multi-million dollar businesses at that point for them, had been going for a number of years in their mid to late 30s. I said, guys, do you have any idea where these things are going, what you're doing this for other than just trying to churn some cash? And they were like, we don't have a clue. So I built a vision, mission, values workshop and started to lay it out for them. And both of those guys are still clients today. And so for the last eight and a half years, Ashley and I, we started this business eight and a half years ago called Business on Purpose. And today we have nine full-time employees. We've got three kids between the two of us, by the way, 22, 20, and 18. One of them just got married. So we've kind of added a fourth into that mix. And we have nine full-time employees, five full-time coaches that are serving as of today, about 77 business owners around the country.
1: Wow. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Nice. Taking a situation like that, casting out into a vision and your mess becomes your message. And so it's awesome what you've been able to do in a short amount of time. Whenever your back's against the wall, that's an entrepreneurial spirit, at heart hopefully our football coaches can do the same thing into our football <laughs> programs right now before we hit record thought about putting some of those kind of conversations on the episodes i think people would find those funny before and afterwards but uh, yeah we're yeah. lamenting about our college football seasons but there's always hope for the future next always. year yep. if you're a game cock there's always next year yeah that's right all right so one of the things i wanted to kind of pull on there that i didn't think to mention to ask you This episode is not going to be the first time that somebody has heard you whenever you mentioned vision, mission, values. And, oh yeah, I mean, core values, yep. heard that before, read a Mm -hmm. Patrick Lencioni book before he talked about core values. That sounds like a good idea. And vision, yep, uh, that sounds good. Probably should have a vision for the business. Mission, yep, I've heard that before. My point is that that is not new to a business owner. Why, in your opinion, though, Is that one of those things where nobody is pushing on you to say no, no Mm -hmm. customer, no client, no prospect, no lead is saying, hey, before I'm going to do business with you, I need to see what your mission, vision and values are. Mm -hmm. Even for that matter, an employee is not necessarily going to say that proactively. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I think it ends up in that what's the matrix, the important, not urgent type things, right?
0: It's a nice just talk about that, about the actual value of doing. That hard work. Yeah. Not only is vision, mission, value not new, it's actually older than we think it is. Vision, d- depending on your worldview and all of those sorts of things, it actually existed before the foundation of the world. If we go way back, there had to be a vision. If you believe in some form of creation, there had to be some vision for what would come out of this. So if you think about vision, like this is a very, very historic concept. This is not a Pat Lincioni novelty. It's not a Peter Drucker novelty from 80 years ago or anything. This is a very ancient concept. And so I think delineating the three would be helpful because for most people, the vision and mission seem to sort of collide and they sort of look alike, maybe just moving some words around. And then the values are what we would call cliched values. And so I'll explain all three of those. So a vision is very simply a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. That's it. That's all it is. now when I say that's it, it's three or four or five pages of detail. It's not a paragraph. It's not a sentence. A vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. I'm not just going to tell Bradley, hey, I'm going to Des Moines, Iowa. A full vision means I'm going to a city in the middle of this state that I've never been to before that feels a little bit barren. And we just go on and on and on describing it. Why? It's because if I were to pull up in front of your house and say, hey, Bradley, hop in. What's your next question? Where are we going? Everybody wants to know that. We're all bent to want to know where we're going. And yet in business and in our families, by the way, that's a whole separate discussion. But in business in particular, the owner rarely sits down to articulate where we're going. We've got cash goals to hit and different things like that. But that's not compelling. I don't wake up just to help somebody else make money. Uh, line together. We've actually got seven different categories that we walk an owner through so that they can line out. How far away is your vision? What does your family and freedom look like when you get to that vision? We actually start with the family and their freedom and their schedule. What are your going to financials going to look like? People will say, well, I just want to make more money. Well, you ever met somebody who's made 100000000 million, 500 million? I'll tell you this. I've not met many of them. I have met quite a few. I've not met many of them I want to hang out with, let alone want to be like when I'm their age with their level of net worth. Why is because most of them don't have a plan for once they summit the mountain of what they're going to do. And that's what a vision begins to lay out. So a vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. Very different than a mission. Now they're complementary, but they're different. And here's what a mission is. It simply tells us why you're doing what you're doing in 10 words or less. That's it. 10 words. I'll give you 12, 15 if you need them, but no more than that. So let's say 10 words or less. I need Bradley to tell me, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, to make more money, that's not compelling. To provide opportunity, that's not compelling. Like keep drilling. Why are we doing what we're doing? And so for us, our mission is to liberate owners from chaos to make time for what matters most. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And so anytime I'm standing, the last two weeks have just been a sort of whirlwind of speaking to different groups and workshops and that sort of thing. We say no to as many workshop speaking events as we say yes to. Why? Is because the ones we say no to don't match our mission. It's a room full of really good people. They're just not business owners that we can liberate from chaos. They're a variety of other people that may be in that room. So it helps us to weed that out. So if a vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business, a mission tells us why you're going there. Then your core values and what we call your UC core values or your unique core values. That's what we want to see are your unique core values. And to your point, Bradley, you go, I've got those excellence, respect, responsibility, and integrity. Well, congratulations. Those were Enron's core values 20 years ago. They're irrelevant. They're cliche. They don't mean anything to anybody. And so what we need to know for the people that you're speaking to is why are you doing what you're doing? That's your mission. But how are you making decisions that's different than how I'm making decisions? Yes, respect, integrity, all those. But you and I should have those in common. That's the low barrier to doing business together. If you don't have those, let's just not do business together. But we've got a couple of core values that I think will illustrate the point. One of our core values is 8515. Now, all of your unique core values should require that you have to define what they mean because they're unique. They're unique to us. So here's what 8515 is for our team members. The business is going to provide you with 85% of what you need. We're going to provide you with the background and the administration support. We're going to provide you with the training, with all of those things. And we do a really, really good job of that. But the 15%, you're going to have to bring on your own. It's just like football we were talking about. The coaching staff is going to provide you with 85% of what you need. The logistics and the jerseys and the play calls and all that. But there's going to be 15% that you're going to have to go perform and do yourself. So that's a value that's unique to us. It may not be unique to Bradley, but it's unique to Scott in what we do. So vision, mission, values, detailed snapshot of the future, why you're going there, mission, and your unique core values, those filters or curbs along the side of the road and how you make decisions. Oh, I think that's
1: fantastic. I mean, you and I are super aligned in pretty much everything that you said there. I think there's a couple of things is that the detailed. I mean, we're talking about two to three pages long of the vision of where this business is going. We're going to build, pivot this conversation in a second, talking about you know, attracting high-level talent, whether you call it D1 talent, whether you call it A players, whatever. And then also, how do you keep them, right? How do yeah. you keep people? And A yeah. players, high-level talent, want to know, is this place going somewhere, Yes. right? Is this business going somewhere, or am I just going to sit in this role for a really, really long time? I love how you brought in family and freedom and financials, I do want to ask a question because actually I was hosting a retreat last week in Kiowa Island, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So I was there last week with some of my clients and this came up. One of my clients had been working through his three-year vision for the business. And so he had some things on there that were highly personal to him. Mm. And so he was discussing about, I don't feel comfortable sharing some of these things with my team. And so can you just speak to the fact where the owner founder has been able to put together some things around financials certainly Mm -hmm. comes up at time to time, and we're not talking about revenue, but we're talking about even sometimes profitability, their Mm -hmm. personal income, even freedom for them, Mm -hmm. things for their family, et cetera. You can get into where somebody says, that makes sense wait a minute, do I just share this with the team? That makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Thoughts on
0: yeah. that specifically. Yeah, I've got, we literally could talk for three hours on this because I've got some variant thoughts on this. I want to be very upfront. Number one, I'm not an f- accredited financial professional, so that's worth noting. We've worked with hundreds of businesses over the last eight and a half years, and so we've got a lot of pragmatic knowledge from that. And so I'll try to bring that as best I can, but here's a couple of key principles that we've learned. Number one, we've probably built 40 different bonus structures and none of them work. And I don't mean they don't work in that they're not functional. Of course they are. They don't work to the perfection of what the owner is looking for. And so when it comes to incentive comp programs, and honestly, just about all comp programs, we as owners are just going to have to learn that we're always going to fall short of meeting the expectations of other people. And I don't know how to get around that. I don't feel comfortable saying that. I don't like it. The reality is. I've been doing this for a long time and the people i've been doing this with have been doing this for a longer time and nobody is willing to lay out a comp structure either base or bonus or whatever some sort of incentive model that they feel really really great about so the first person that tells you that they've got the silver bullet around this you probably ought to distrust them to some extent. Now, can they show you some helpful things? Yes. This leads to a whole nother concept that I think is really important, Bradley. This is why the vision mission values are so important is I heard it said one time that they come for the money, but they stay for the vision. They come for the money, but they stay for the vision. I'll partially agree with that. I think they come for the vision as well. I do think the money is a near-term thing that we can tweak back and forth to make people happy or not happy or whatever. But I believe people come as equally for the vision, maybe up front as they do for the money, and then stay because of the longevity of that vision and what they're doing. And so that'll lead into our hiring process here in a little bit. But I wanna give this philosophy around money that I think is really important. And that is this, a dollar is not a dollar. And what in the heck do I mean by that? Well, as a business owner, when you pay somebody $75,000 a year in compensation, the business is not actually paying $75,000 a year. It's paying about ninety dollars to $100,000 a year. So that's the dollar going out. So that $75,000 is not $75,000. It's more than that. And so it breaks out into these two concepts. A dollar's not a dollar. Concept number one, a dollar out is always more than a dollar. And a dollar in is is always less than a dollar. I'll prove it. So you and I go to lunch and we go down to our local sandwich shop and sandwich is $10. How much do we pay? Do we pay $10? No, we pay 11 or 12 or whatever the that $10 is plus taxes. And of course, now they're getting us with that little add a tip thing at the end and all of that stuff. So our $10 is not $10. It's actually about 12 or $13. And then when a dollar comes in, uh, we work a lot in the, um, In the construction infrastructure space. So sometimes we're seeing cost of goods anywhere between 60 and 90%. So when a dollar comes in, you don't get to keep that dollar. You keep far less than that dollar. So a dollar going out is always more than a dollar and a dollar coming in is always less than a dollar. And so whatever the incentive comp plans look like, any of that around money that we're gonna talk about, we've got to keep that philosophy in our mind that a dollar's out, always more, a dollar in, always less, and a dollar is not a dollar. No,
1: that's really good. I would add one thing in there around them staying is that you can have a compelling ve- vision for the future, but you've got to have a pretty good culture to want to keep them too. hundred percent. hundred I mean, at the end of the day, Harson, who was the coach at Auburn, I mean, clearly he had a vision of what he wanted to do. Yeah. But the culture was horrible. And and what all the reasons behind that? Look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of analogies with sports over to business. I think they work. Not all of them do, et cetera. The point is, is that, well, the culture around the entire program was not there. And so people were just going to leave, whether it was administration or whether it was certainly players and talent. They were like, no, you know, this culture is not here. I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to come, et cetera. Even though there was probably a compelling
0: vision for the future. Thoughts on that? Yeah. So we actually built something called a culture calendar because the culture that you have is a direct result of the ingredients that you put in. Culture is a science term. It's not a business term. We hijacked it in business. Culture is a science term. And when you put ingredients in a Petri dish and culture that Petri dish, then things grow. Well, what grows out of it? It's whatever you put in. So if you put chaos and confusion and a lack of regular communication and all of those sorts of things in, not clear values, no vision. You put that in, well, then why are we surprised with that's what grows out? And vice versa. If we put in that petri dish of our business, the intentional ingredients of proactive weekly agenda-driven leader-led team meetings, regular one-on-one check-ins with defined questions. We put in process, system, repetition, predictability, meaning, all those things in, then why are we surprised when we look across the street and see that our neighbors got a great culture? Well, that's what they put in. And so the mm-hmm. bad news is culture is a direct result of the ingredients you put in. The good news is culture is a direct result of the ingredients that you put in. That's good. We've talked about
1: culture on this podcast quite a bit. That is going into my operating system. That is going to my OS. That is actually one of the best analogies around culture that I've actually heard science term, not a business term? And what are the ingredients that you're actually putting in?
0: And Bradley, I'll send you a uh, spreadsheet that we use and we send it out to all of our people. It's called a culture calendar. And again, it's a really, really expensive software called a Google spreadsheet that we use. And all we do, I'll explain it really, really simply. All we do is we take the horizontal columns across the top and we put the dates of the Monday of each week across the top, that's it. So Monday of January, second Monday of January, third Monday of January, all the way across. And then down the left-hand column on the left side, the vertical column, we put the ingredients that we want to put in our business. So, for instance, ours are things like weekly team meetings, weekly coaches meetings, every other weekly check-ins, team member birthdays we actually do family anniversaries, kids' birthdays, family anniversaries. It wasn't important to me, but it's important to some of our team members, and they wanted that in there. We do an annual team offsite. All of these things, we do a vision day every other month. So six times a year, just happened last Thursday, actually. I get with the team, and I read through that multi-page vision story. Six times a year. Why? It's the reminder, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. And so it's a constant stay. Because we're human beings. We blow things up. Clearly, we're in the state right now where things are blowing up around the world. And so this culture calendar, every Tuesday morning in our team meeting, the person who leads that meeting goes over to the day of the week it is and goes down and goes, all right, guys, we got team meeting this week, coaches meeting this week. Oh, my gosh. Hey, it's Lenny's birthday next Thursday. And so mm-hmm. we can all write Lenny a note. And so those things are there and you can actually calendar for it. It's not perfect, but you can calendar for it to make sure that you're putting those right ingredients in.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. We'll connect after this. I'll share with you an asset that I have to talking about a performance culture, too, because that's I was great. thinking about where does p- performance culture fit into that? And I agree with the ingredients that I want to be in the culture are all of those things, core values. I have mm-hmm. also maxims, things mm-hmm. that we say, things that we believe in. And then also what I want to cultivate is a culture of performance. And so Mm -hmm. we have an asset called a performance culture. I'll share that with you afterwards. I think it's all of those things. What I think it is, though, just to double tap on this and then we'll move on, is that at the end of the day, there's an intentionality Mm -hmm. and a purposefulness around the culture, Mm -hmm. not a back on the heels. It just kind of is what it is. And then people say, well, we have a good culture. Well, how would you define that? Well, people like each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's great. That's awesome. But what are the things you are intentionally doing to cultivate the culture that you want to have? And that is the leaning into building or architecting the culture that you want, not necessarily mm-hmm. like it's the culture just kind of is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I've had times where my culture has been not good, toxic, infighting, other things,
0: And it is a difficult thing to flip Mm. that around. It so is. I've got a, my neighbor has a beautiful yard. He doesn't have a beautiful yard because he doesn't do anything in it. He has a beautiful yard because he's in it all the time. He's intentionally cutting, trimming, doing all the fertilizing, everything else. So the idea that we can build culture by just working our rear ends off in terms of doing the job and the details every day versus spending time and well not even spending time making time to do those things we don't i don't get a lot of joy out of it to be honest with you of the intentional ingredients putting in i get joy out of the result that comes out though for sure that's right yeah absolutely yeah for sure yeah i've got a
1: friend same thing i mean his front yard truly is a putting green i mean it is so meticulous and he loves it but he has spent years yeah doing this and he's got the right tool. He bought the right lawnmower. He literally had had the superintendent at our course to come out and to work with him on what to use. I mean, there was such an intentionality with how he wanted things to do, but yet the results. And then everybody says, well, I want my yard to look that way. Yeah, are you willing to do all the things he's done to get that result? And then most people would say, "Oh, never mind. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I'm not going to do those kind of things to do that." Does that I mean, everybody wants yeah. the results? But you're not willing to do the things. I mean, you and I both. I mean, it's come up several mm-hmm. times. I mean, I've given the analogy as much as I hate to say it. I mean, everybody wants Alabama success, but not as many people do the things that Saban and other people do to be able to get there. Now, unfortunately, Clemson for you has had that type of success for a few years. So anyway, okay. All right. Let's pivot off. That was great. So I do want to go to, before we get into recruiting and hiring, just for order of the podcast, we will go there. You talk about four systems for recruiting and hiring, and specifically you even talk about D1 level talent. Yeah, Can you talk about your definition of what that means, D1 level talent, number one. Yeah. Number two, and then share with us what your four systems are for attracting this kind company.
0: Of yeah. So the D1 level talent, and again, this is really hard because there are a lot of people that you're going to get. Talent does not equal experience, by the way. And so we need to be very, very careful of that. Well, I got 20 years of experience or whatever. Well, it might be 20 years doing it the wrong way. And so we've got to be really, really careful about somebody's experience that comes in. And we've got to look at their capabilities to get the things done that the business, not me, the business needs done in order to live out the mission. And so if we can start identifying that vision way out there that we're going to, and that mission that we're pursuing every day, that is the fuel to get us there. Then we start to look and go, all right, what are those fundamental elements? Now those fundamental elements have to fall within four systems. Every business has four systems and only four systems. Now. Every business has hundreds of processes, but only four systems in the same way that most of the rooms we're sitting in right now have four walls, four major walls. And so every business, whether you're selling insurance services, you're selling consulting service, you're selling sport coats, construction, a multifamily, it doesn't matter what you're selling, ice cream, every business has four major systems in this order. Number one, marketing. Now, none of this is going to blow your mind, but I don't know that we've ever thought of it this way. And as frankly, as simplistically as this is. Number one is marketing. And all marketing is, is it tells the world, we're here. We're here. Hey, we're over here. This is what we do. Hey, we're over here. Second system, sales. Good old fashioned sound. Now, Scott, this sounds so, well, just hang with me for a second. So marketing is a system in the same way that powertrain is a system on an automobile or the brakes are a braking system on an automobile. And so we need to look at all the various parts and pieces that fit into that system. And when all these four, and I'll give you the other two here in a second, when all these four are lined up, those four work in concert with a hiring and onboarding process to begin to attract the talent that will work the system. And so the way that we identify D1 talent is a talent willing to be compelled by the vision to understand it, to follow the mission, to guide themselves with those values to work the four systems all towards that vision that we've articulated. Do I care if they have 30 years of experience? Nope. What I care is that they can dive in, live out the mission, guided by the values to work the systems to get us to the vision. That's how we define D1 talent. So there's other two systems. We got marketing tells the world we're here. Sales says, "Hey, let's get married. We've met through marketing. Now let's get into a long-term relationship through sales." The third system is operations. Now, in a construction business, that's building homes. Insurance services business, that's delivering policies and signing by and all those things. And so operations is fulfilling the vow that we made during sales. And so for marketing telling the world we're here, sales, we're going to get together. Operations, we're fulfilling that vow. And then the fourth is administration. Now, a lot of that's a catch-all for a lot of things, HR, financials, other stuff. But the administration, all the administration does is change the light bulbs, and maintain the house. Make sure the bills are paid and everything just working. And so we have marketing, sales, ops, admin, in every single business of what's representative whoever's listening right now. Now we take those, we identify all the processes that make those systems work. So again, let's look at the braking system of an automobile. You've got the brake pads, you've got the rotors, you've got the hydraulic lines, and all of those things working together. Those are the processes that build the braking system. Well, in business, the marketing processes, and they're going to be different for every single one of us. Build that marketing system until you have those processes at least articulated. Now, if they're all fully built out, that's even better, but at least articulated. We as a business are not in a position to recruit D1 talent wise because they don't know what they're coming to. And so if you reach out to somebody who's six foot five, 330 pounds, and they can run a 4 and you go, we want you to come with us. And they're like, what do you do? Don't worry about it. We'll tell you when you get here. Well, what do you do? Don't worry about it. With that talent, that size, that speed, all that stuff. And then that six foot five guy shows up and realizes that you're running a ballet studio. He's like, whoa, yeah, I'm talented, but I don't have this talent. And that's where I think we've got to come back to and start to reassess what we mean by talent and looking in the four systems. Do we have those four systems identified, number one? And do we have the processes underneath each identified so that the people that we're talking about coming in to get us to our vision have clarity? And if you're looking for the silver bullet of what younger generations want, the Gen Zs, the millennials, the young millennials, you know what they want more than anything else? More than money, more than perks, more than flexibility, more than remote work. The younger generation wants clarity. That's what they want more than anything else. And I have seen plenty of 32, 26, and 29-year-olds leave good-paying jobs. You have too. It's all over the New York Times. They've left good-paying jobs wise because there was no clarity. And so if we want to position ourselves to go attract and recruit great talent, we've got to start with the vision, mission, values, and then those systems and make sure they're articulated.
1: As a business owner, you know the importance of being able to set goals, track your progress, and see the results. Well, that's exactly what our partners at Today App Pro have been able to build just for you. Today App is corporate approved. It allows you to track activities, build custom word tracks. It allows you to calculate all your commissions and your bonus structures in a seamless fashion, and it integrates perfectly with your company CRM. Today app is truly the best office software to manage all of the day-to-day in one place. It can even manage your employees' time, track production, have a leaderboard with metrics, and has custom reporting. Visit todayapppro.com, todayapppro.com, and schedule a demo and let them know you heard about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Did you say, I want to make sure I wrote this down right, buy into the vision, live out the
0: mission guided by the values? Guided by the values. Those are our curbs to make sure. Now, you can jump the curbs if you want to, and you just need to understand how much it's going to cost you if you do. So if you're on a back highway in Texas doing 70 miles an hour and you jump the curb, you're just going to end up in a cow pasture. No big deal. But if you jump the curb on the bridge to Hilton Head, you're going to die. And so you need to understand Those curbs on the side of the road, your values, there are times you can jump those curbs and you're okay. You'll pay a small price. You will always pay a price, by the way, but you'll pay a small price. But there are other times you jump those values that it can decimate you and you'll pay a big price. So my principles are almost fairly similar. I call them principles, you call them systems. I think
1: we're almost aligned in a lot of things. So mine's lead yourself first, clarity, alignment, team execution. Where do all of the things around the owner-founder fit within that, meaning their energy, their clarity, where they should be spending their time, allocating their time, focusing on strategy, not tactics, all of those type of things. Because, So I totally agree. Again, you can use different vernacular on that. And I love yours. Where do you put then the things for the business owner, the founder, because they can tend to want to be for everything everybody else on the team and the business, but not necessarily do the things to take care of
0: themselves. Yeah. So they're what we call the five stages of a business and all entrepreneurs and owners go through these stages. But before an owner, owners, they tend to follow two extremes. One is they stay in the weeds of the business way too long. That's one extreme. And I would say most people do that. The other is they jump out of the business too fast. And again, that's a more minor extreme, but it's still an extreme that happens on a regular basis. Both happen because of control is when we stay in too long, we're wanting to control. When we get out too fast, we feel like we don't have control. And so now let me blame somebody else because they're not doing it the way that I want to do it. There is a progression. And again, this is a longer conversation, but there is a progression for how an owner begins to build the basic stuff. Obviously, if they're just starting out by themselves, they're doing it themselves. And then they slowly start to process out those things. And we have something called a master process roadmap. It's all your processes on one sheet of paper categorized in those four systems, marketing, sales, ops, admin. So that Bradley could come into my business and go, okay, I don't know how to run your business perfectly right now but give me about an hour and I'll click through all these links that you've got on your master process roadmap. And I'll have the gist for how this business operates. If something happens to you, because that's the question we always ask, right? What happens to your business if something happens to you? And so we want the owner doing owner level things, but before they can do the owner level things of what most people are thinking about, it's always an owner level thing to make sure that we're setting and establishing good process, or at least the culture where process is being established for other people. Now, the stage at which we're far away or close or whatever, that varies with whatever stage of business you're in. But fundamentally, it is the owner's responsibility to make sure that the team is accomplishing the processes that are within the systems, guided by those core values, driven by the mission, ultimately, to get to that vision.
1: Yeah, I think that early in our businesses, we had success because we were doing all of the things, because it's what was required at that point. And then we falsely learned the lesson that to continue to grow the business, we need to continue to do
0: that. Yeah. Become more of a super employee at that point.
1: Yeah. I've thought about it that way, but yeah, you're right. And so then when you start to try to back yourself out, emith Kerber says mm. work on on not in. Well, I think that is a thing, but then I think there's above too. Mm. So it's okay, yeah, how do I get from out of the in to on, but then also how do I get above the business and really work strategically mm-hmm. yeah. to actually move the business forward and that is a different Structure, like you said, of being able to move out of
0: those things. I think it's well, great. And the vision allows that. So, an owner needs to have a vision from day one. That is yep. one of the people ask, Oh, hey, if I'm starting a business, what should I do? Write a vision because if you're taking on people, will be interested in your service to some extent, but it won't necessarily be the right service. And you'll have what a buddy of mine called profitable distractions. There's going to be profitable opportunities, but they're distractions from that direction. Now, it takes me over here, but that's a distraction from where I'm wanting to go, which is over here. Yeah, I don't have
1: shiny object
0: syndrome. I've
1: never had that you know, at <laughs> You're all. You're immune. No, that's never happened to me. I mean, clearly <laughs> I'm clearly kidding. All right, so I want to ask you one last question. Yeah, I think we could pull on this on uh, on each one of these for a couple of hours themselves. But you had mentioned, and I agree with you. I think that just economically, there's a lot of signs pointing to some really challenging times coming mm-hmm. up. If we're not there already. And that's selling in some tough markets. Mm. And so it's super easy to be able. What's the quote? I think Buffett said, you know, who's swimming naked when the tide goes out, tide or something goes out. to that effect, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's kind of what we're going to be facing with now. What does that mean to you? What are your thoughts? How, what's a
0: framework that we can use to kind of think through that? So I want to make this super simple. You mentioned that quote, you were just in Kiowa. So you've seen these tidal creeks. There's a tidal creek right back here, right outside my window. And we've got a dock on that tidal creek. It's called a crab dock. So the tide comes in. About half the day, it's mud. Right now, there's some water out there, but half the day, it's mud. And when the pandemic came in March of 2020, we coined a phrase for our community, and it was this, work on the dock while the tide is out. Work on the dock while the tide is out. That's when you work on a dock. It's when the tide goes out. And so we always look at a tide going out as as detrimental. Well, you can, or you can reframe that, go, hey, hold on, isn't now a good time to start working on that, Doc? So here's what's happened the last three or four years. At the time of this recording, we've just sort of come through this season of pandemic and hopefully now on the other side, but into some new things. Now we've got wars and rumors of wars and all that thing is hitting. So the market economics are now consistently volatile. So that's okay. Now we know it. They're consistently volatile. So there's one or two things we can do. We can either sit with the apathy and the inertia that we've had for the last few years and become, instead of business developers, order takers. And so most salespeople, no offense, but have been bellied up at the bar of taking orders over the last few years. They haven't had to go generate business. And so they look at their numbers and they're like, God, I crushed, look at all these sales records. No, 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 that's not sales records. That's just intake records. So if you were an inbound salesperson, I would say you crushed it. The market helped and a lot of governmental free money helped as well. But in terms of business development, there's not been a lot of that going on in the last few years. And so how do you sell in a tough market? Let's make this super, super easy, Bradley. Let's go to our sales system. Let's ask one question, just one question. In the last five or 10 years of your business, where has 80% of your business come from? And so when you start to think through that, all right, where has 80% of my business come from? Now, there can be a lot of people who say word of mouth. Well, that's an excuse. I want you to go back. How has that word of mouth traveled? You have to start identifying that. Wherever 80% of your businesses come from, write a list of the top 10 or 20 or 30 names that are representative of that channel of where 80% of your business came from. Start making phone calls, set up appointments, and go to lunches. That's how you sell in a tough market is you start getting in front of people. Well, Scott, I'm all virtual. Great, set up Zoom meetings. I don't care what you do. You start setting up real live meetings with real live people. Well, Scott, what about Facebook ads and SEO? That's fine. If you wanna spend usually around a minimum of about five to $15,000 a month, then you can start to hang your marketing and sales on that channel alone. Now beware, Facebook could turn you off really, really fast. It's their real estate, it's not yours. And so we need to start reinvesting in our own real estate. And when I mean real estate, I mean that metaphorically, obviously, but in our relationships. So where's 80% of your business come from before? Then let's go back to generally where that is. Let's make a list, start making some phone calls, set up some lunches, and let's go sell. Like we used to sell years and years ago. Now I'm not saying, I'm not being an old cogity person, but this will always work in our market is to get in front of people and to actually share what we do.
1: Yeah, I love that. Whenever it's a market to where you can convert, a lot of channels work, basically, is Mm. what I hear. Just a lot of channels work, that works, that works, that works, that works. And then it just, when tide goes out, that doesn't work. We have to narrow the focus, go to the things that we know are the tried and true, then wait, build that dock out, build our systems and our structure of that dock, reinforce the structure of the dock. And so that when hopefully the flood of customers opens back up at
0: some point in the future, we're prepared for it. Well, we say this all the time. It's not that there's no business. It's just that there's less business. And so with less business out there, go find the businesses out there because there's going to be a lot of people who don't, and they're going to blame the market as to why they can't keep their business afloat. The reality is, no, there's business. There are homes being built. There's homes being sold. There's insurance policies being written. All of those things are still true the reality is there's just less of it. And yeah. so even in our fiscal planning, which I'm sure you guys are doing, we're actually having all of our clients. We do a three-week prep week starting tomorrow. We have all of our clients bring their historical p ls Well, we're actually having them bring their 18 and 19 p ls this time because we want to show them what it looked like before the pandemic to realize that, hey, they're not in bad shape. Now, they may have made some poor decisions over the last few years around personnel or whatever and overhead, but We'll at least get to see, hey, you're not in bad shape. You're in good
1: shape. I think that that perspective really matters to go back and look because we can get so myopically focused on maybe even just the last 12 months. We don't go back five years ago to be able to have perspective. And we turn around, look and say, oh, you know what? We actually have come a a really long way. Maybe it's like um, Dan Sullivan talks about it, moving with the horizon. As we approach it, the horizon just keeps moving out in front of us. And sometimes we have to stop, turn around, look backwards and see, like, oh, actually, you know, we've come very far and that perspective can give us some momentum. So I think that's great. Scott, I've loved this conversation with you. It's been awesome. Bradley, thank you. People want to learn more about you, connect with you and your company. Where would you point
0: them to? Yeah, best place is our website, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy. If you go there, we actually have, it's completely free. We've got a multi-question health assessment that will help people understand the back-end systems health of their business. So it's not just looking at the branding and logos and all the external interior designs, but the actual things behind the scenes, vision, mission, values, systems, meetings, processes, all of those things. Just go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy, and you can take that there. It'll give you a numerical score once you're done. Uh, that's fantastic. Scott, loved having
1: you on, my man. Hope to have you back in the future. And
0: where are you going? I'll say go Cox Bradley thanks so much it's a lot of work to put podcast on so thank you for doing this and allow me to be a part awesome thank you well
1: there are a number of things that I picked up certainly the whenever he talked about culture and culture being a science term not a business term I never thought about that, and certainly thinking about a culture and a Petri dish, et cetera, and what are the ingredients that you want to be be able to put in? Because what you put in is going to dictate what you get out. Loved that. That was fantastic. Something I'm absolutely going to put in. I thought it was just a reiteration for me personally, vision and mission and values and how to work through that. I did love the language around it. and I love intentionality around language, but I love get people to buy into the vision, live out the mission guided by the values. And then he talked around his four systems, marketing, sales, ops, and admin, I think the point is is that there's a business on purpose, as the name of his company is. There's an intentionality around that. So many stories. Hopefully, that gave you some real tangible, specific things that whenever you're going to go through taking something where people have talked about vision and mission and values, and actually begin to really say, you know what, I'm going to be intentional about this. I'm actually going to go build these things into my business. Go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy, take his assessment, get a score, see how you are scoring across those areas. want one big shout out as always to our podcast sponsors, Autopilot, Recruiting, Today App Pro, Coach P Consulting, and The Club Capital. You know, I think that whenever you, I gave the analogy in the episode itself with my friend, Matthew, who has an incredible yard, and he really actually does. It's unbelievable. One of the things I mentioned there is that he's got incredible tools to be able to use to make that happen? Well, one of those tools to be able to run your business if you're an insurance agency owner is today App Pro. Their user interface is second to none, working with your corporate approved CRM, so you don't have any worries there. It is seamless, and it's also right where your team is working day to day, and you're able to put in Custom word tracks, which is really important because you may have pulled things from Coach P consulting, et cetera. Maybe you have some of your own word tracks that you want your team to use, whether it's for referrals, whether it's for how you want them to sell, maybe it's how you want them to service that customer. And it puts it right where that is and then also syncs up with a CRM so you know exactly where it's going to go and it's going to sync back so that you can build your compensation and your bonus and your commission plans all in that one system in a really easy-to-use, seamless experience. Get away from the Excel spreadsheets and the docs and all of those things and put it into a software that your team is going to use and love using on a day-to-day basis. Go to todayapppro.com. You hear me talk about playbooks all the time, putting those playbooks into an operating system, an operating system that I believe in a little bit different than what how Scott has His setup and how he has it structured. Point is that there is an operating system that is running the business and then getting A players to really run that operating system. Well, you may not know exactly where, where am I going to get some of these word tracks and what to say, et cetera, to put in and use, build out my playbook and put in and install into a system like today. Well, that's where Coach P does an exceptional job of being able to give you exactly the things that they're doing. That's working now. The things that you may have been doing five years ago may not be working today. Well, you can know that the plays that they are running in Coach P's organization are going to be able to work across the board for you as well. You get access to those, you can put those into playbooks, but install those into the custom word tracks with today at pro. That's why we choose, by the way, our podcast sponsors and podcast partners the way that we do is because we want it to be seamless and want it to be unified. So Go to todayapppro.com, todayapppro.com, and coachPconsulting.com, coachpconsulting.com. Let them know that you heard about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. And with Scott, we were talking about D1 talent. I happen to use the term A players. Many of you have heard me say that. Whatever term you're using, talent is talent, five-star talent, A players, et cetera. At the end of the day, you want to be able to have that as part of your recruiting system and work with a partner that's going to help you to be able to buy back your time. Because if you have an operating system, you need A players to run that operating system. Coach has has brought his system of RPO and tempo to Auburn he has got to have five-star talent to be able to compete in the ICC. And the same thing is true for your business. You need an operating system, but you also need to be able to find talent. Well, autopilot recruiting can help you to be able to find that talent for your organization, whether it's building a bench or helping you with a need that you have today. Go to autopilotrecruiting.com, autopilotrecruiting.com. Last, certainly not least, at the end of the day, you start to grow the business or even if your business is still looking at those financial numbers, Scott kind of mentioned that where, hey, it's right at the end of October. We're about to get into November, starting to look at what's the budget and the forecast going to be. If you've never done a budgeting and forecasting for your business, even if you're not a numbers person, this is a important skill set that you can develop. And it's critical that you have the right tools, simple tools. They give you great insights so you can make good decisions on when to hire, who to hire, how's that going to affect my financials, how's that going to affect my cash flow. Go to club.capital, speak to someone on the team. They'll give you a demo, let you know how it works so that you can ultimately be able to get really clear pictures so that, look, at the end of the day, you want to make the impact and the income that you want to be able to make, Club Capital can help you to be able to do that. All right, everyone, it's a great episode. Until next time, lead well.